Well, good morning, guys, uh, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kelly S., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from Tulsa, Oklahoma. So today's Thursday, February 21st. Wait, what is it? February 1st. I don't even know what day it is. 2024. This is the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Vision for You meeting. Today, we're reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're in the doctor's opinion. We are on page XXXI, third paragraph. It starts, his alcoholic problem was so complex, reading through that one paragraph ending, if even that would have any effect. Comments will be on that one paragraph. So today's readers are 12 Steps, Kathy M, 12 Traditions, Joni C, Martha Z will be reading our text, Susan SH will be reading page 164, newcomer greeter is Loretta M, Announcements, Nancy C, and our second hour host will be Anne A. So our reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, January 31st, 2024, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 21090, 21090. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting was 21091, 21091. So here is our OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, quote, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeaters who still suffer, end quote. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'll now have Kathy M. read the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. This is Kathy M. from Michigan, a recovering compulsive overeater. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you so much for allowing me to do service, and uh, thank you for moderating. Thanks, Kathy M. Next up, we'll have Joni C. read the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Good morning, Joni. Good morning. Uh, This is Joni C., gratefully recovered but not cured from Minnesota. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees that are directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, Joni. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book have meant to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Okay, so today we're resuming our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in doctor's opinion. We're on page XXXI, third paragraph there at the bottom. His alcoholic problem was so complex through that paragraph ending with, if even that would have any effect, commenting on that one paragraph. 
and Martha Z is going to read it, that paragraph and get us started. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Kelly. Thanks for being there. My name is Martha C. I'm a compulsive overeater, recovered by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. His alcoholic problem was so complex and his depression so great that we felt his only hope would be through what we called moral psychology, and we doubted if even that would have any effect. So just for context, we're talking about Fitz Mayo, and he's um, our southern friend, the story, our southern friend on page 208. So um, when I was reading this, I, uh, when I first, uh, I, I guess I, one of our big book teachers was talking about the moral psychology, and they were talking about that being a spiritual awakening. Um, and it made me think about page 20, spiritual experience, and it says, ideas, emotions, and attitudes, which were once the guiding forces of the lives of these men, are suddenly cast to one side, and a completely new set of conceptions and motives begins to dominate them. And then he says, in fact, I've been trying to produce some of such emotional rearrangement within you. With many individuals, the methods which I employed are successful, but I've never been successful with an alcoholic of your description. So um, my personal experience, I, I definitely needed a spiritual awakening. I, when I was in my disease, I, I had I had two young children, which I had a family that I loved very much. I was suffering so much, and I, I barely could concentrate on helping them. I was not thinking about helping other people. I was just trying to get through the day myself, and. Um, so we talk about we can get this spiritual awakening as the result of the 12 steps. So um, I have been gratefully living in recovery for a few years. And um, I really, I honestly really care about other people now. I really think about them and I want to be helpful to them. And it's not, I don't do it because it's going to keep me abstinent. I really sincerely want to do it. And um I don't know. I, I, my life is totally different. I'm so grateful for it, and um, I'm, am useful now, and um, just great, so grateful for my recovery. And and seeing now how important step ten and eleven and twelve are, especially step eleven with, you know, having I, I'm having some challenges, you know, in my life and to just really leave things in God's hands and and have him work through me to help me to be a good instrument and blessing. So I'm, I'm really grateful for it. It is. I would like to have less challenges that I'm grateful for. Um, it's designed for living that works in rough going. Anyway, thank you so much for letting me share. I'm so happy to be with you. Well, thank you, Martha Z, for getting us started. Okay, so... Um... We're now going to open up the meeting for sharing, and although we do value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experiences too. So that means if you share Tuesday or Wednesday on any vision meeting, please allow others the opportunity to share today. Please keep your share to three minutes to allow time for as many people as possible to share. I'll remind you when your time is up. Please give me your first name, initial of your last, and then let us know where you're calling from. 
who wants to share? Lisa Ann, Wisconsin. Janet B. Lisa, Janet. Janet B. Got you, Janet. Toby M. in Nova Scotia, Canada. Toby M. Julie P. Julie P. Got plenty of room if you want to share. Get your voice out there. Claim a seat. Well, here's who I have, Lisa N, or M, Janet B, Toby N, Julie P. So we'll get started there. Uh, Lisa, what is it, N as in Nancy or M as in Mary? N as in Nancy, and I'm from Wisconsin. Okay, then, all right, great. Vicki V from New York. All right, let's stop there. We're going to go ahead and open up. Lisa, you got three minutes. Okay, thank you so much for your service this morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, boy, this sounds so much like me. I I felt like I was without hope. And um, my problem was so great, but I didn't know what it was exactly. I went from place to place searching psychology, um, the occult. Um, I, I, say, I, you know, I was very involved in church, but and I knew God was part of the solution, but I didn't understand why my prayers weren't working. Um, so I figured it was just God thinking I was a wreck and not doing, I was lazy. I had heard that growing up that I was lazy. And you know what? In some respects, I am, I can be a lazy person. I have to fight that every day, but I need, um, God's help with that. So I needed moral psychology. I definitely did. And I needed to go someplace and be willing to listen to yet another solution. And this, you know, OA was definitely the last house on the block for me. Uh, I had done everything except that, and I'd heard about it, but I didn't want to go. <laughs> so I had to finally come to that place where I was desperate. And um, I, even then, when I got there, I wasn't desperate enough to do what they were telling me. So I had to learn the hard way a couple of years, and then finally God gave me that gift of desperation, and um, I was willing to change, but I didn't know how again. And it sounded like I would have to do what somebody told me, <laughs> which was radical. So I I did what a sponsor told me, and I could see the changes day by day. Um, and, and really, actually, at the end of 30 days is when I was sort of just flabbergasted that I was changing and I wasn't thinking about food all the time. And that's what I thought about. I didn't think about people. I didn't think about my family. I thought about how to make myself look good to others and what to eat. And it was a very empty life. So now I think about helping people, returning calls if I miss them. Whatever it is, I I want people in my life. Um, and I want to do God's work, um, which is help and serve whatever way I can. So you guys are serving me for sure. Thank you so much for this meeting. I love it. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lisa N. from Wisconsin. Next up, we have Janet B. followed by Toby N. Good morning, Janet. Hi. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. It's Janet B. Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. 
<laughs> so, yeah, this this line, I mean, I'm sh- they say we doubted even this would have any effect, moral psychology or a spiritual experience. Well, of course they doubted, of course, because it sounds weird. Imagine, you know, someone has pneumonia and they say, okay, your only hope is a spiritual experience. You need a new way of thinking, believing, relating to other people, relating to God. That's your only hope. We would walk out of that doctor's office and say, that's crazy. And that might be crazy because with pneumonia, you know, the problem is either bacteria or virus. So you either have to take antibiotics or wait for the virus to run its course. But with us, for me, my compulsive eating wasn't the result of bad willpower or a bacteria infection. It was a result of something wrong with my spirit. It has to be, right? Because in chapter five of our book, it says, once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So I don't treat it at the physical, mental level primarily. The primary thing I have to do is treat it at the spiritual level. And that means I have to put myself in a position where God can basically rewire my heart and change my priorities from me, myself, and I to himself and other people. Well, how do we do that? Like, can I take a pill or does someone wave a magic wand? No, I have to just start working these steps. I have to start off being honest, which in my first six years of OA, nobody told me that if you're not honest, you are wasting your time. I had to be honest. I had to start praying and meditating to a God I believed in, but who I always um, thought of as like a genie, right? You come out of your bottle, do my will, remove my food obsession, and then go back in your bottle and leave me alone. And what these beautiful steps taught me is that a real relationship with God means that I say, God, what's your will? Give me the power to do what you want me to do with my life. And when I start doing that, he does a renovation job in my soul. And then I'm no longer fighting the food obsession. It just goes away automatically. And that, you know, for me was my only hope was to get a relationship with God, surrendering to him and by working these steps. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janet B. from North Carolina. And next up, we have Toby followed by Julie. Toby, is it N as in Nancy? It's M as in Mary. Oh, okay. And where are you calling from? Nova Scotia, Canada. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it's your turn. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Toby. I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Um, I've been calling into a vision for you daily and sometimes twice daily since October. I attended our Region 6 convention, and I attended an in-person, a Vision for You meeting. And I just love the energy and the fact that it was, um, everybody just talked about the solution. And so I am from a smaller intergroup, and and sometimes we can wallow in the problem. Um, And so I just started calling into a Vision for You. I've been off. Uh, in between jobs I had a little time off I was blessed to have some time off in between job changes and so I've really just been listening and learning and um, you know I'm I'm starting a new job on Monday and and I won't be able to call uh, as frequently and so I'm if anybody's uh, willing I am looking for someone who's willing to text me the share ID from the 7 a.m. 
Eastern meeting daily so I can listen on my commute home. But what I really love, I've been in this program almost 20 years, and what what's really different uh, with vision is that it not only was uh, each share hope after hope after hope, but it was driving home action after action after action. And a lot of what you guys tell us and share with us is stuff that people in my own intergroup were also trying to tell me for 20 years. But for some reason, it really stuck when I started calling in with vision. And and I have, you know, I have changed even just since October. And, and this program has saved my life. And I've heard it referred to as a 180, you know, the, the complete uh, moral psychology, the complete spiritual experience and, and recreation of our lives this has saved my life it saved the life of my son it, you know I started coming when he was six months old and I you know I cringe to think the life he would have had if I didn't find this program I'm really just grateful today I've been um, I wanted to say I've been a long time listener first time share but um, I'm just grateful for this meeting and the message of hope and how you guys drive home um, that you know, it's you really have to take action and work the program, not just sit back. And uh, for me, it's been a really beautiful, life-changing thing. So, thank you for everyone for their service. And please find me on the list. Toby M is in Mary, Nova Scotia, Canada. If you're willing to text me the 7 a.m. share code daily, so I can listen, because I really don't want to miss uh, all of the beautiful messages that you guys share here daily. Thanks so much. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Toby M. Good to hear you. It's always great to hear new voices. Just a reminder, we like to tell people where we're uh, calling from because we have a very long member list. makes it easier to find you, so that's the whole point. Anyway, next up we have Julie P. followed by Vicki. Julie, you're up. Good morning. My name is Julie P. I am um, a recovered compulsive eater from Minnesota, currently blessed being able to spend the winter in Texas. Um, my incredibly insane mind is, um, honing in on the word complex and you all have taught me how to look up definitions in the dictionary because my ego tells me, I think I know what that word means without really looking it up. So I looked it up this morning. So here's the simple definition of complex. A whole made up of many complicated or related parts. A system of thoughts, feelings, and memories that exist in one's mind, but of which one is not aware, and which which influence one's behavior. I tell you, I had that going on. I had all kinds of thoughts and feelings and memories that influenced my behavior. That just made me crazy. It fueled my addiction. And I am certainly identifying with um, this, this sentence, this word complex. My mind was a crazy, crazy place to go. And it had brought me to depression, isolation. COVID was a killer for me. Um, and that's what brought me to my knees, which led me to you all. And I'm so very grateful for that. 
And I'm grateful that y'all are teaching me to look up the meaning of words. And one day at a time, my mind is being um, moral psychology. One day at a time, it is transforming me and the promises are coming true in my life. I'm so very grateful for all of you and wish you a wonderful day. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Julie P. from Minnesota. Next up, Vicki. I did not get the initial of your last name and where you're calling from. And after that, we'll open up for more shares. Hey, Vicki. Hi, Vicki V. here from New York. I didn't even think you heard me. So I <laughs> was eating breakfast and I'm like, oh, I'm up. Thank you for uh, hearing me. Thank you for letting me share. Today, I also wrote down a few thoughts. Um, you know, reading this paragraph, it made me think of when food was my God, my guide, my best friend. Before learning this way of life, I would avoid friends, gatherings, any kind of outing because I'd rather be home with my best friend. My friends were chosen by who would eat with me, binge with me, sleep with, uh, shop with me. I would hide my food, steal my food from you and lie about how healthy I was. And you believed me because, well, I'm the actor. Today, back from a relapse, I don't even know, three months, I guess, and brand new off the spiritual Big Burke journey with another sponsor, I now have intimate friends and fellows who know my truth. And, you know, I learned new stuff, like a 10-step train. I've um, been on this journey for four years. I've relapsed twice. I don't beat myself up for it because God wouldn't beat me up for it. He loves me anyway. He says, knowledge avails you nothing. Let's just get back on the train. Well, that's even more true now because what a wonderful thing the train is because, you know, food's not my problem. <laughs> it's my solution to life and resentments. And, boy, do I have resentments from the minute I, you know, step outside my house in the morning and sometimes even before. Ten-step train is a wonderful way to uh, connect with other people who are trying to find a way of living that truly works. You know, I have a relationship with God today that helps me not only remain abstinent, but to release my control of my feelings, because I think I can control myself and you and, you know, make life better. And God inspires me through the daily miracles that happen every day when I stop and breathe and pause, as somebody likes to say to me, and ask him in to the most simplest tasks that I might be taking. I had to put a deck together yesterday. I'm like, God, please do this for me. Do this through me because I will make, I will become angry. I know I will. And you know what? He did. And it took me quite a few hours, but I did it and never once got angry. And that's a miracle to me. And I have to remember that because today it's going to help me to turn my will over again. Um, I want to surrender the flow of my future into his hands with trust. You know, I'm doing my 10 steps and I'm realizing over and over again that my biggest fear is fully trusting God with my life, my will, the outcomes of everything I think I want. So I don't work this spiritual program perfectly, and that can lock me up because I want to be a perfectionist. Um, I'll never be so recovered that I don't need his help. Um, every day I listen to you guys share, and every single one of you sparks something in me. So I just want to say thank you. I'm glad I'm here. I will um, now pass, but I'll certainly be back. Have a great day. Well, thanks, Vicki V. from New York. Perfect timing. So let me remind you guys where we're at. We're in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. 
We're on page XXXI, third paragraph there at the bottom. Starts with his alcoholic problem was so complex, reading to where it says, if even that would have any effect, just that one paragraph. So if you didn't share on Tuesday or Wednesday on any meeting, we would love to hear from you. Who wants to share? Patty O from Florida. Patty O. Chris M, New York. Chris M, New York. Carolyn SH. Who was that SH? Carolyn SH from Massachusetts. Are you saying Ellen or Helen? <laughs> Carolyn with a C. Carolyn. Oh, good God. Okay. Hi, Carolyn. Okay, good. <laughs> Chris G, California. Chris G, California. Hi, Donna K from Ohio. Donna K, Ohio. Danielle O, New York. Danielle O. Well, that seems like a good lineup. So here's what I got. Patty O, Chris M, Carolyn SH, Chris G, Donna K, and Danielle O. Make sure your uh, phones are muted. Press star one, and we will get started with Patty O, followed by Chris M. Good morning, Patty. Good morning. My name is Patty O. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I live in Florida. So I... Um, I took a pain pill this morning because I was in the dentist office all day yesterday. And uh, I'm also a recovering alcoholic and drug addict. And I can't believe I ever wanted to feel like I feel right now. But um, so I was in the dentist, had extensive work done, very expensive and very painful. And um when I walked out of the dentist's office, I was so scared because I knew I wasn't going to be able to eat what was on my food plan. So all these I thought things that I could do for myself. And you know what? I'm so scared of picking up again because when I make the plan, I'm in a lot of trouble. So I called my sponsor, not my usual day, but I called my sponsor and she had some suggestions for me and and I prayed. I so prayed that please God don't let Patty be in charge of how she's gonna get through this. And um so I talked to my sponsor and I do have a plan for today. Um it's so funny to me how Anything, I guess it's life. Anything that throws me off, you know, an event or a feeling or a resentment or a fear, how immediately I go to how can I comfort myself? How can I not feel all those things? And praying yesterday, talking to my sponsor, sharing now miraculous thing because I don't have to eat today 
and I'll get through this. This will pass. And uh, this this program, and I've been seeking for a very long time a solution. And I don't, I'm so grateful that it is working in my life for today. Because when I got here four and a half months ago, I was hopeless. And today I know I can have this as long as I'm willing to surrender to what needs to be done. And I did it yesterday. And I appreciate so much you guys who share the solution with me. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Patty O. from Florida. Um, just a reminder that this meeting does request that you're directly linked to what was read. So going forward, this uh, next up is Chris M. followed by Carolyn S.H. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. Um, thank you for your service. This is Chris M. as in Mary from New York, recovering today um, from compulsive eating. And um, yeah, complex. Yes, um, I'm, I find it complex. Um, I've been in the program since 1986 and um, still trying to figure, figure it out. <laughs> um, I started, you know, starving myself at 13. And then when I became pregnant in my early 20s, I started overeating. And so... Um, it's been a weird thing for me because I have the basic mindset of a restrictor. And when people talk about food being their best friend, food was my enemy, always, always my enemy. And my goal has been to try and make peace with food and not give it so much power in my life and not trying to control it so much. So there's, um, you know, some complexity there. Sometimes I listen to the to the meetings and I and I and I say, oh, I don't really relate to that. Um, but other times I relate very well to it. So what I find I don't relate to is a lot of the eating habits of people, um, that behaviors. But I definitely relate to the spiritual and emotional um, distress that we all have. And so there's the complexity for me, and I try and keep it very basic to say, well, you know, um, I don't identify incompletely as a bottom um, compulsive overeater, but I definitely have an issue with food. So where does this all fit in for me with um, working the program? Well, I know this. Anytime I've stepped away from the program, I have suffered Minimally, I want to say, with the food and the physical results of food, but maximally with the spiritual and emotional effects of not being connected to um, a way of life that helps me recover. So um, I would love calls from people who can identify in this way where we feel we belong here, but it's hard to um, relate sometimes to the food aspect of it. And we know that what we do with our food is really not the problem. 
that's our solution. So we all do different things with the food and with thinking about the food and restricting the food and eating the food and diets and all kinds of things. Oh, today I'm going to do this thing, the carnivore, the keto or the, you know, whatever it is and juicing. And this is my journey of just constantly trying to find the different way to eat. Um, and, um, but I'm happy to be here because I need more than anything, I need the spiritual and emotional healing that comes from working the steps. And, and it's Bill says in the book, you know, we, you don't have to be who, like we are. We think this, thank you. We think this way of life will be beneficial to anyone. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Chris M. from New York. Next up, Carolyn S.H. followed by Chris G. Carolyn, where are you calling from? Hi, good morning, Kelly. Good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H. calling in from Massachusetts. A recovered compulsive eater day. Um, I uh, am looking at this paragraph thinking like complex. Yeah, I I can make anything complex. Um, and uh, his depression is so great we felt his only hope would be through what we call moral psychology and we doubted if even that would have any effect. I'm, also, I'm struck by how this paragraph all by itself is pretty hopeless. Um, and in the previous paragraphs, the doctor um, like outlines examples where he thought it was hopeless, like things looked hopeless, and yet the solution outlined in this book, the steps, created a, a beautiful recovery. Um, and that's like the two paragraphs above. And then in this paragraph, just does the hopeless part. And he saves the hopeful part for next paragraph. Um, for some reason, that really strikes me. Um, they're just kind of setting up, um, you know, for those reading, feeling um, their own hopelessness, and then saying, oh, but wait. More. Um, and he also doesn't say, uh, he's not telling us what the solution is. He's telling us about the problem and kind of setting up and, and hence the placement of his letter in the book um, at setting up there is a solution. And now I'm curious to read the rest, you know, as a reader. Um, so what is the solution? And, and then, you know, read, starting Bill's story, how um, we can recover ourselves. And um, yeah, I forgot what else I was going to say about this, but the complexity. So for me, I I do feel like my disease is very complex. It's really kind of intertwined with my my, my codependency, my interdependencies on so many other things. And um, there's a there's an AA speaker who talks about um, when we were in, well, for, in his case, when he was in the alcohol, like there was one solution to all his problems, and that was alcohol. You know, and for me, there was one solution um, for my problems, which was, you know, usually a donut or or you know, ice cream or something. Um, and it is very simple. There is one solution, and that's a higher power. Um, it's a relationship to a higher power. 
my timer's going off. Um, that though my problem is very complex, my the solution is very simple if I just follow the directions in this book. So thank you. Thank you so much, Carolyn SH. So let's see. Next up, we have Chris G, followed by Donna K. Good morning, Chris. Good morning. This is Chris G from California. Um, thank you so much. Everyone is doing service on this meeting. Um, yes, it is so complex, and I definitely experienced so much depression while trying to figure out how to solve this food problem with my own mind. Um, it never works. And it wasn't until I realized that my problem is really powerlessness. So the solution isn't something that I'm going to think myself into getting fixed. It's something that I have to surrender myself to. And once I was able to fully do that and really realize how much my honesty plays into this connection with source, connection with a loving higher power, I'm, I'm blown away how, how much of life I was actually missing by trying to just think my problems into solution. Um, you know, by the, by the grace of God, I feel recovered today, and I know that I'm not cured. But I do know that this is an absolute miracle um, because for my entire life, I had been suffering, suffering so bad. And I never knew that it was just a surrender away. And I never really took it as important as it is. You know, the food problem, it, it doesn't seem as, um, doesn't seem as intense as the alcohol problem, but it is. It's kind of it's kind of silent in a way, um, because it doesn't have so much of the outward insanity going along with it. Um, but it is so insane to be a compulsive overeater and to live in that, you know, trying to control and manage, control and manage. God, if I could just get on the right whatever, it's not that. It's it's a spiritual solution. And once we straighten out spiritually, then we straighten out emotionally and physically and that is what happened with me and i am so grateful for this program so grateful for vision and source god higher power actually woke me up at 4 a.m in california and i'm like you know what if god is waking me up at 4 a.m which i never do um i'm going to share on this vision so thank you for letting me share well thanks chris g and good morning glad you're on the line so next up, we have Donna K. followed by Danielle O. Good morning, Donna. Hi, Donna K. from Ohio, uh, recovered for today um, with God's grace. Um, my my really favorite words, uh, my whole favorite part of the book is on the next page, but that's all right. I'm going to be around to hear when we get to that pit part two. But the um, the part of the paragraph that stands out for me is we doubt it if even that would have any effect. Okay, I think this paragraph is about, you know, doubting. Um, you know, is um, the doubting part. Uh, I had to be really 
desperate when I came in. I had to be done trying every stupid way to address the whole food issue um, because the food was just the solution for me. And that that's the truth. And I kept looking for the right diet, the right, you know, whatever to eat, you know, uh, all the ends of, of the disease, uh, how I have tried to deal with it and overcome it, basically. But what, what got to me in my recovery is that I was not even aware of how selfish and how self-absorbed I was and how I was trying to control it and run it. And um, and the truth is it's a very simple solution and it's about my spiritual relationship with my higher power. And I'm very grateful to have that reestablished. I missed that. missed that over in the first 20 years in the program. I don't know. I don't know where it was. I skipped it or whatever. But anyway, <laughs> I'm grateful for that. I'm very grateful. And I had to just give up. I had to surrender. I had to do for others, work these steps, clean the slates. It's just, I'm very grateful for program. So uh, anyway, all right, looking forward to the next Two paragraphs. Uh, Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Well, thank you for sharing, Donna Kay from Ohio. Next up, Danielle O from New York, and we'll have time for a couple more shares. Hey, Danielle. Good morning, everyone. Danielle, um, back in recovery for, I believe it's seven days today. So the miracle of this program is that when I read this book, beautiful things continue to happen when I reach out so that uh, when I'm talking with other people, the things in my head start to come out and I realize that this isn't so difficult. There are a lot of things that I make difficult because this disease is centered in my thinking. And if I'm left to my own devices, my thinking will take me back to the food over and over again. I've struggled with, Staying in re- in recovery, uh, and I know that this time around, Danielle, we lost you. Star yeah, sorry. the 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 voice came in and said I was on mute. I was muted. I don't know. So what? anyway, that was rude. <laughs> I know. So I, I so anyways, my struggle is becoming less and less as long as I keep surrendering, as long as I keep putting God first. And, uh, you know, when I say, um, like I was saying this time around, I don't like those words because I don't want to be the person that keeps struggling. And yet the solution is, is always the same. Every time I come back, it's the, it's the same answer. It's the same, the same thing. But This morning when I was talking with my sponsor, the question was, why do I keep going back out? And I said, that's an age-old question. And, you know, as I look at that, I think today and just for right now, I feel stronger and stronger in my my faith. I'm feeling stronger. And every day that passes that I'm not eating, quite honest. And there's a lot of joy and happiness that is coming back in as a result. And I love that that's what I get. That's the reward I get. And so simple. It doesn't have to be complex. I just make it that way. 
grateful to be here this morning. Thank you. Well, thank you, Danielle O. from New York. So we have time for a couple more shares. Who wants to share on the paragraph, third paragraph on XXXI? Allison M. from D.C. Allison M. I heard somebody else, but I didn't hear him. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I spoke over. Um, Sarit L. from Montreal. Sarit L. All right, did I miss anybody? All right, Allison M., where are you calling from? Hi, this is Allison M. from D.C. and um, uh, uh, Washington, D.C. And um, I came on a little bit late, but I have heard so much and I read the paragraph. And um, I am really struck by um, kind of a, a, a similar situation that I'm experiencing right now with uh, a skin affliction that I've Got and I am looking around my bathroom, and there are so many quote unquote remedies that I've amassed to try to deal with this issue, and it's gotten really bad. And and um, you know, I have home remedies, I have I have store bought remedies, I have prescription remedies, and the one remedy that I am So fighting is the remedy that I know um, from my higher power, which is sleep. I just need sleep. And um, I am so willful and um, and unwilling to to take that the direction that I really need, which is the inner direction. Um, And I'm looking for it outside for some miracle to make everything better. But but the um, just like the paragraph, the the solution is simple. It's or well, the, the problem is complex, but uh, the the solution is simple. And I don't need to throw complex solutions at at the problem. Um, it's simple, and it's the same with my with my food. Uh, the more I simplify. Um, my my relationship with my food, the more that I'm willing to take direction and um, and uh, just look at, at focus focus at what's what's really uh, what's really in front of me. And it's not about fancy fancy foods and uh, interesting recipes. It's about taking my direction from God and eating the food that's there to sustain me and so that I can do God's work and show up every day to the best of my ability. Anyway, um, I'm just, uh, I felt really moved to, uh, went by that, um, sort of, uh, I don't know what I'm saying anyway, that common, common issue. Uh, anyway, thanks so much for letting me share. Well, thank you, Allison M. from New York. Next up, Sarit L. from Montreal. Sarit? Hi, it's Sarit L. from Montreal. And I I just want to say thank you to all. This whole doctor's opinion has been 
so um, enlightened as we unwrapped it this go around. And um, what can I add? You know, his alcoholic problem was so complex and his depression so great that I felt my only hope would be, you know, you know, this this house on the block. And then when, when I'm here for years and years and years and it's still not working for me, it's like what you know, what is it what is the key piece that I'm missing in this puzzle of 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 program of recovery that I'm not able to sustain, to maintain, you know, one one day of abstinence with another day of abstinence. You know, I had my I had my day forty thing in my head that I was gonna pick up and 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 I just kept, you know, eating again and again and again after, you know, one month of abstinence for years. And I feel I feel like this is where I had to be. I had to be in a place where my alcoholic problem was so complex and my depression was so great. I had to feel the 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 death of myself, which comes as the doctor's opinion says. Um, I personally know scores of cases who are the type with whom other methods have failed completely. I had to believe that there was no other method that would work with me, that I was doomed. Again, we see these words like again and again in the big book, and and it's letting us know that this program is really not for people who think that we can do it. There's no self-reliance. Even in the paragraph before where um, up you know, from a dip, Trembling, despairing, nervous, wreck, and emerging man bring over, brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. This guy is brimming over with self-reliance and contentment. That's the way it, it looks to other people. When we don't eat those foods, you know, one day at a time, one meal at a time, at a celebration, at an event, we're able to not pick it up or even have a sliver. People look at us, they think it's we've got self-control, and I've got no self-control. It, it's, it seems like self-reliance. It's total God-reliance, and we know. We know, all of us know in these rooms, it's a God reliance that comes as a result of us believing, you know, that we have gotten no self-reliance, none, none. And when I tell my sponsor, I feel, I don't feel strong today. I don't feel, she says, we're never strong. You know, one day of abstinence doesn't make you strong and one year of abstinence doesn't make you stronger. It's a powerlessness that I state every single day that I state, but that I remain in that entire day long that then propels me to do all the actions I need to take today to stay in my land of recovery, in my island of recovery. It's, it's, it's this powerlessness that doesn't make me stronger, that makes that complete weakness. I cannot be one chocolate chip today, not one cookie, one chocolate chip. I'm powerless over it. And thank you, God, because my life in just today looks very, very different and probably way more God-reliant um, than, than it ever would be had it not been in these rooms. Thank you so much for that. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Sarit L. from Montreal for taking us out. I love it when the timing worked out perfect with the shares. Um, okay, so thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, February 1st, 2024, is 21093, 21093. So we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Our backup reader today, stepping up today, Susan S.H., will you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. 
Thank you, thank you, Kelly. Feels like deja vu. Our book is this is Susan S.H. in Ohio, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. <clears throat> but obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with Him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to Him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.